You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Get ready for your drafts this final weekend here as the NFL preseason is done. We got all the possible information here before the start of the 2021 NFL regular season, which will kick off September 9th. So hopefully you'll get your drafts in before then. And We do have one more division to look at. We're going to look at our updated rankings report for the AFC West. So we'll wrap up with our final four teams here in the NFL and see their fantasy football prospects for 2021, where their players are being drafted and ranked currently as we get very close to kickoff here. So we'll do that. If you missed any of the previous divisions, the seven that are up, The 28 previous teams, you can check that out on our feed here on Locked On Fantasy Football. But uh, we will dive into the four intriguing teams from the AFC West, the Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, and finally, your juggernaut, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So we'll get into all four teams on this show. I do have to remind you about something cool going on on the network right now. The NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th, we started that on Monday through September 8th. Lockdown's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you to every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lacanfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in now and uh, catch up there. It started on August 30th, so you can still get in on it September 1st here going through next Wednesday right before the start of the season. So check that out. We will roll along here looking first at the Denver Broncos and where they stand right now with some of their key players. We know the big decision was made there for Vic Fangio going with Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. Let's see how that affects some of their fantasy football prospects as individuals here. Javonta Williams is the first Bronco you should be targeting. The rookie from North Carolina, they traded up to get him. Javonta is really feeling the buzz here. This is going to be run-heavy offense. He's going to finish ahead of Melvin Gordon. They're pretty close in the rankings, I will say that. 61st overall for Javonte in half-point PPR leagues, according to the expert consensus rankings there on Fantasy Pros. 27th at running back, so falling right outside the RB2 status as a flex play, just hedging the bets a little bit, just in case he's not the full-time starter here early. But Melvin Gordon, he's going at 72 He's going as an RB3 as well, 30th. So people are trying to figure that out. Uh, Melvin Gordon near the end of the preseason and all that is rising a little bit. People are just worried about if he's going to get the touches early and then they turn it over to Javonta Williams more on a regular basis. But Javonta has bigger upside. They definitely wanted more of that versus Melvin Gordon. I think he'll develop into a pass catcher in time. Gordon is going to be valuable there in pass protection and catching passes. That was not necessarily Javonta's game there at North Carolina. So that's the one thing where you uh, hedge your bets a little bit in standard leagues. I think he has a little bit more value where that pass catching is not going to be in full effect. In uh, full point PPR, I think Javante drops a little bit, but still he's an RB3 with some high upside, maybe a consistent flex play, and may be creeping in 
to uh, solid RB2 status when it's all said and done. So I love Javonta Williams among the rookies here, especially with Travis Etienne down for the season here. After Najee Harris, Javonta Williams is the guy you need to target. In between Javonta and Melvin is Jerry Judy, 71 in the overall rank. He's 29, so he's crept up into solid wide receiver three status and half-point PPR now. A lot of that is tied to Teddy Bridgewater because Bridgewater is a short intermediate passer, crossing routes, working those type of routes in the middle of the field. That's what Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore were effective at doing last year. Judy, I think, is a better complete receiver here than Cortland Sutton. He also doesn't have the injury issues. There were some drops last year, but a lot of that was the misconnection with Drew Locke not putting the best balls there. Bridgewater tends to help these receivers a lot better in the middle of the field. So when you look at uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Jerry Judy, I think that could be a big winning combination the way we saw Robbie Anderson and Judy or Bridgewater connect. Judy and Bridgewater can have that special feeling here. Remember, he's a first-round pick. He's just not a guy that's a drop-prone guy that has trouble route running or has bad hands. He just had a bit of struggle last year with the wrong quarterback, and this year with the right quarterback for his skill set. I think Judy is going to be pretty nice here, so I think he'll be better than that 29 range. I didn't love him if Locke was the quarterback, but certainly his value has gone up a little bit. Do I see him potentially finishing as a wide receiver too? Yes, but I think he's pretty solid there as a wide receiver three that you can trust more weeks than not. We're talking about Cortland Sutton a little bit coming back from the knee injury. Sutton is hurt by not having uh, Drew Locke in the bigger arm there. He's a good red zone talent, size, speed, and all that. He he has 78 uh, overall, 30 seconds. So he's going as a wide receiver three as well. But I'd much rather have Judy, I think. Sutton could be inconsistent here with the big plays. bit touchdown dependent here. Not a lot of touchdowns you saw from Teddy Bridgewater in the passing game last year. I think a lot is going to flow through Williams and Gordon in the backfield. So... I think Judy's going to have higher volume in terms of reception and yardage. Sutton might have the more scores in the end, but I think Judy is a little bit more reliable in this style of offense with Bridgewater with some of the field stretching a little bit limited. And I don't think Denver necessarily wants to go that way. They want to be protective of the ball, not make the big mistakes. Another receiver we're going to look at is Noah Fant. He's going at 79, so he's the fifth Bronco off the board. He's at seven among tight ends, so he has a potential to do well as well playing with Judy working in the middle of the field and all that. The Panthers didn't really have any reliable tight end play last year, so that changes things. But we've seen uh, Bridgewater in the past, uh, going back to Minnesota, to some degree with New Orleans, looking at the tight end pretty well here. So we look at Noah Fant having an opportunity here. He's also a first-round pick like Judy, so the pedigree is there. This needs someone to get the ball in his hand. So I think Judy and Fant are going to be the more reliable receivers at their respective positions than Sutton is uh, coming off the injury and not having that connection with Locke here in 2021. Broncos defense, pretty good asset. They're next on the board, 221 here for them. Now, you look at that, uh, Vic Fangio's unit, Von Miller's there still. you got some other defensive playmakers. There's secondary major upgrades there. So they can do things on the back end, playing off the pressure up front. So it'll be a pretty decent de- defense, but I think more of a streaming option. I do, however, like them in week one right away against the Giants. That's a great matchup against Daniel Jones on the road. So if you're looking for a late-round pick or... Someone that you can feel good about in week one trotting out there. It has to be the Broncos there. And, uh, again, they could easily finish as a defense special teams one here. But just be careful, again, their offense could uh, affect that a little bit because they won't be necessarily playing from ahead and teeing off on teams. That said, I still think they'll get the running game done with the game script 
because they'll be so tied to it as much as possible. There'll be enough, however, for Bridgewater to get the ball to Judy and Fant and a little bit of Sutton here in this offense. K.J. Hamler is a speedster that they've worked in the slot. They also have Tim Patrick around, 233 at 84th at uh, wide receiver for Hamler. Patrick is down at 89, 246. So between Judy, Fant, and Sutton and this run-heavy offense with Williams and Sutton, I don't see a lot for these uh, extra peripheral receivers doing anything in this offense. Bridgewater locked into pretty much two guys last year, especially with McCaffrey out of the lineup there for the Panthers. So Anderson and Moore, you're probably going to get Judy being one of those guys like Anderson and Sutton and Fant kind of splitting the difference there as the key targets as uh, his version now of Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore from last year. Teddy Bridgewater is at 247 there. He's ranked up 31 at quarterback, so you're not looking at him for any kind of value. Streaming, maybe, possibly, but not certainly in week one against the Giants. 250 is where you'll find Brandon McManus, the kicker for leagues that still use a kicker. Brandon McManus, in deeper leagues, he's 14th. He's a guy that you could look at as a weekly option there. All right, so we're through the Broncos. That means we have to get through the Raiders, Chargers, and Chiefs. We'll get to Las Vegas and Los Angeles in our second segment and close in a nice way when we look at fantasy football teams with Kansas City, the premier fantasy football team for sure with some of their key elite players. So we'll get to them in our final segment. The Raiders and Chargers not so much, but some intriguing value there as well. And before we do that, i got to tell you, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season in college and in pro football with the NFL. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action of the season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest, open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day. Super promo, make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. That's for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code Locked On to get that 100% welcome bonus when you sign up today. All right, let's uh, continue here looking at the AFC West, our draft report, looking where players are ranked, the vibes of these overall offenses. We'll go to the Las Vegas Raiders now after covering the Broncos. Darren Waller is the top asset, as you might expect, that you can trust most on the Raiders. He's going in the end of the second round in 12-team leagues, 23rd, second at tight end. He's emerged ahead of George Kittle behind Travis Kelsey at the position. We'll get more into Kelsey here, obviously, before we close this show. But Waller, Mr. Reliable, he's clearly the number one target still for Derek Carr in this Raiders passing game. They love Darren Waller. Carr has a great chemistry with him. He's their number one receiver. So, just like Kelsey is a co-number one with Tyree Kill, Waller the clear-cut number one here. Uh, maybe a little bit of more Henry Ruggs there, but Waller's the guy you're going to target. I think it makes a lot of sense. The durability for Waller and his usage in the offense uh, with lesser mouths to compete, uh, including uh, Brandon Ayuk there and uh, Debo Samuel in San Francisco. That's why you like the former other Bay Area team, and they're tied down a little bit more in Darren Waller. Durability probably is the number one over everything else. Uh, if you go by overall talent-wise, I'd say Kittle's the guy, but Waller as a receiver and what he can do as a key target in this offense, now that he's a touchdown guy as well, he's the guy that you're looking at here. 
as the first Raider off the board. The next Raider off the board is uh, Josh Jacobs. He's going down at 44 overall, well into the RB2s. That's because we know Kenyon Drake is in Las Vegas. He's 94th and 37th going as a running back four. We're not exactly sure what Kenyon Drake's role is. Part of it, they've teased a power back. Part of it, they've teased change of pace, maybe a hybrid wide receiver. We've seen him do different things there in his time with Miami and Arizona, so that would say... His role in Las Vegas is going to be kind of fluid, but he's going to certainly cut into Josh Jacobs' work a little bit. I think he'll probably get somewhere between 40 and 45% of the touches here in the backfield. So you're not going to see a lot of Jalen Richard, who, by the way, is 318th on the board, 84th in running back. So Jacobs certainly has been undervalued. I think certainly you cannot look at him in that RB1 range because of Drake. I think he's a more of a lower-end RB2 flex play because, again, it's unpredictable how they'll use Drake. I look at the money, they invested good money in Drake as a free agent, so I think they're going to involve him quite a bit. And coincidentally, both these guys went to Alabama, so there's a potential of an Alabama-style committee. They weren't there at the same time doing the same things, but certainly that's what the Raiders might look at to run heavy here with John Gruden. So something to look at there for sure. So buyer beware with Jacobs. If he was in a better situation, I think he's a great reality running back. But this situation, just not great for him. And we all definitely did a collective groan when Kenya Drake was the signing by the Raiders uh, most prominently in free agency. Their best wide receiver is Henry Ruggs III. He's going 141st on the board, 55 at wide receiver. So well buried in the wide receiver fives. After him, you have uh, Brian Edwards, the fellow second-year player. He's got some size and some ability there. You go a little bit deeper, you have uh, John Brown, 177 and 72 at the position, 245 and 88 for Hunter Renfro. So we're not quite exactly sure how this is all going to play out. Brown basically coming into the offense to replace Nelson Aguilar now that Ruggs and Edwards are healthy. Renfro, of course, not going anywhere as a key target in key situations in the slot and uh, some other spots here for uh, Derek Carr playing off uh, Darren Waller there. So and really hard to want to trust and invest anywhere in the wide receiver core. Theory would say Ruggs is a speedy first-round pick. He profiles well with the Raiders. They have better big play potential with Derek Carr than you think, but I'm of the mind to just say avoid, avoid, avoid. I'm not interested in Renfro as a low-end uh, PPR person either. So I'm intrigued most by Brian Edwards, but am I going to bang the table or be interested in adding any of these guys as sleeper wide receiver for my bench? Not really. I want to see how it kind of plays out, and maybe if I feel the vibe there, then pick up Edwards, Brown, or Renfro on the waiver wire, but certainly not going to invest even a wide receiver five pick in rugs when knowing the uncertainty of the pecking order after Waller. When we look at Derek Carr, he's uh, better than you think, and maybe he's a guy that uh, you might take early to start some matchups there. Ravens week one isn't one of those great streaming matchups, but 164 overall, 22nd at running back for Derek Carr. So, yeah, he's a guy you can start as a streamer in certain situations. He's a decent backup if you're looking for Justin Fields or Trey Lance to stash, and you're okay with maybe milking some early production from Derek Carr, you could go in that direction. But, yeah, not a lot of appeal. I think he's properly ranked here as a deep QB2, a lot of younger guys with upside and uh, some running ability that you would trust more than the pocket passer of the Raiders. Rounding out, uh, the last person that we haven't talked about is their kicker, Daniel Carlson. He's pretty solid, but he's still 251st at the overall rankings and 15th there at kicker. So you can do without him if you need to there. So not a lot with the Raiders. You look at Waller. They're definitely worthy of where he's at. Jacobs, don't overdraft him and maybe try to avoid the Raiders wide receivers as much as you can. 
Let's transition from the desert to the beach there in Los Angeles and look at the Chargers, uh, a place where the Raiders once called home. Austin Eckler, no surprise, is the premier Chargers pick, 13th there. So he's going right at the borderline of round of one and round two in 12-team leagues. 10th running back off the board there. So the receptions there certainly help in half point and full PPR. But I think be careful of overdrafting him in standard. He's not going to give you much there in terms of the big straight-up rushing yards and touchdown. But, yeah, PPR, he has a lot of value. Eckler seems to be the man that they're going to trust most here. They'll mix in some of the backups as well in power situations. But you have Joe Lombardi. Eckler profiles are much like some of the backs that he's had. So I like Austin Eckler. I think I like him a little bit more as an RB2 if you can get him at that value versus uh, feeling that he's in the top 10 as an RB1 here in any format here in 2021. And PPR certainly can see at half point a little bit more skeptical that he'll provide the return on investment, especially because he has some durability issues as well. Keenan Allen, I'm also being buyer beware on. He's 24th overall, 9 at wide receiver. I don't think he belongs up that high. I mean, he's a guy that necessarily won't get to that 1,000-yard mark and get those big touchdowns that you're looking for. He's very valuable in PPR. I get it. He's going to eat up volume there. Half point is going to have some value as well. But Again, don't assume that it's just going to be a lot of flooding of Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen here. There are some better receivers here that they're going to take advantage of in this offense, so something to look at there. But Keenan, I think I feel a little bit more comfortable as a borderline wide receiver too, just like I feel comfortable with Eckler more as a borderline RB2 as well. Now let's look at Justin Herbert. He's going 74th overall, 8th at QB, so... When you look at it, you have the big three, right? Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. Then you get into Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson. So where does Justin Herbert fit with the two Wiley future Hall of Fame vets, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady? Somewhere in the middle. Again, beware of Herbert. He could have a sophomore slump. I know this offense suits him well on paper that he's inherited here post-Anthony Lynn. But again, just being a little careful just because the weapons have been depleted here without Hunter Henry. We're not sure what you're going to get from these receivers there. Mike Williams at 112, he's 44, so buried there as a wide receiver 4. Jared Cook down as a tight end 2 here, 143, 19th. We're hoping for some things out of this passing game. Uh, you look at uh, Tyron Johnson, 307 and 106 at the position. And you also have one uh, Josh Palmer, the rookie from Tennessee, 317 and 110. So these guys could be involved, but... Looking at where the wide receivers and tight ends are going for the Chargers, you have to be a little bit wary where the balls are going to go and where the big production is going to come from Herbert. You also can't expect him to have the same type of rushing production and scoring from that angle. I know he's an athlete, but we figured he might be more in the pocket passing realm this year. So I'm going to be honest, I like Rodgers and Brady a little bit more. I like their weapons. I like their upside a little bit more where I think Herbert might have a bit of a transition period in a new offense in year two. And these receivers are a little bit questionable there. Now, at running back, you also have uh, Joshua Kelly and uh, Josh or Justin Jackson there behind, uh, still in the mix uh, there for the Chargers. So, again, not bad handcuff situations. You want to protect the investment in Eckler for sure because he's a durability risk. So we'll see how that plays out. I don't think you need to commit to a handcuff necessarily right now because it could go into a committee situation depending on when Eckler's unavailable, and we're not sure that Eckler is going to be unavailable, period, here in 2021. So, looking at the Chargers again, Eckler, Keenan Allen, you take them more as a respectively RB2, wide receiver 2 borderlines between 
one and two status there. Herbert, I think, falls again right outside the realm of the top uh, eight QBs to me there with uh, Brady and Rodgers having a little bit more value. At kicker, we said goodbye to Michael Badgley. They're going with Tristan Vizcaino, so nothing to see there at kicker here. And the Chargers defense, this is might be the sleeper asset of them all. 226 overall, 15th there among the defenses. They have too much talent there with Joey Bosa and the rest of the guys. If Derwin James is healthy, especially with Brandon Staley taking over the offense. So I think they can make a lot of plays. We know Staley did coach the number one fantasy football defense in the Rams across town last year. So good upside for that Chargers defense to overachieve. And a good reason to look at them, maybe. I might avoid him in Washington in week one and that tough matchup against a good offense, but they're going to have some good streaming value and be more valuable scoring in more games than not. And for the record, I do like the Chargers being a sneaky playoff team in the AFC here in 2021. All right, we'll talk about the Chiefs here in our uh, final segment for you on the show, but I do have to remind you, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's Log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. We also tell you here on Locked on Fantasy Football to try Built Bar because it is the best tasting protein bar ever. Once you get hooked on Built Bar, you will not go back to other protein bars. The only way to find out what your favorite Built Bar flavor is is to go try one of their nine core delicious flavors. They also have some special limited time flavors that you should be on to jump on whenever they come out. Coconut, co- coconut almond, cherry raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. I told you how much I love the chocolate ones, so whether it's the brownie ones, mint and peanut butter, or double chocolate and salted caramel, I love it because we know that all the bars you get from Built Bar are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. The best way to get in on your favorite flavors is to try all the flavors, and you can do that by getting a mix box where we get two each of nine flavors. The flavors at Built Bar are the best tasting, but they're also very healthy for you too. 17 to 18 grams protein in each bar, 130 to 180 calories only, only 4 to 5 grams sugar, only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Nine amazing core flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And be on the lookout for those occasional special flavors. Order today and get whatever you like in your mix box. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's look at the Chiefs, and uh, that's our final team here. We'll do that here in a moment. So we've uh, broken down the Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers. The Chiefs, our final team that we'll look at here, getting you ready for your drafts this weekend. Uh, We'll have more fantasy football analysis here. Don't worry uh, to close out the week. Uh, We're here on a Wednesday. We'll give you a couple more pieces of advice, uh, final things you need to know before your drafts this weekend as we get into Labor Day and the start of the season. All right, so let's get into the Chiefs here and look at uh, Tyreek Hill. He is uh, number eight overall. He's the second wide receiver off the board behind Devontae Adams. Not a surprise there. Hill's pretty consistent, big play. There could be some injury question marks here. 
And I'll talk about how I approach that with Tyreek Hill. He's getting a little bit older. He's had some soft tissue issues. He's missed some time in recent years. So there's that. Miko Hardman, I look at Miko Hardman. He's 136th there at wide receiver. He's going as a wide receiver five. I actually look at Miko Hardman more as a handcuff to Tyreek Hill. It's strange to think about it that way, but they have very similar skill sets. So if something happened to Hill, Hardman would see an expanded role. Now, do I love Hardman while Hill is healthy? No, I don't, because I just don't trust a third option. We're always trying to say a third option has to emerge here, but it's a Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey show, and kind of by committee with the other guys making plays. I don't think that changes just because Sammy Watkins is out of the mix here of the Chiefs offense. So something to keep in mind here. So Hardman, more a handcuff to Hill than a standalone value that I'm interested in here in 2021. Tyreek, again, I think I would go a little lower with his value. I might uh, prioritize running backs a little bit more in the first round there. And Devontae Adams is the one guy I feel 100% certain about mixing in with those wide receivers in the first round. But Hill, I have a little bit of reservations, and I would protect my investment later. Just don't sleep on wide receivers being handcuffed with Hardman there later. Travis Kelsey. 14th overall, 12th, and if there's another player that I would say goes in the first round with Devontae Adams that is a non-running back, it has to be Travis Kelsey because he gives you such a big advantage. He produces like a wide receiver. Some of his numbers also look like running back ones. You just don't get that at tight end. I'm not confident that Darren Waller or George Kill is going to give you that. So, again, you have such a big advantage to that position where I think Kelsey is more worth the first-round pick versus Hill where I think there's a lot of depth and value at wide receiver, and I feel a lot better with Travis Kelsey and the durability where he'll bring the return on investment. There's a big reason why Travis Kelsey is on a lot of winning fantasy football teams year after year because he gives his teams so much of an advantage there early. And again, you can fill it out, and just keep in mind, you're going to have a little bit lesser value at RB2 or wide receiver 3 at the end, but you'll have such a big advantage at tight end where it's going to make up for it in the overall scoring of your team. Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going at 25th. I think that's about right. I don't think he's as as high as we think he should be here with the RB2 status. He was a little bit of a letdown last year. He finished well into the RB2s last year, and that was a little bit down. So I think he'll be a solid RB2. I wouldn't take him higher than that. I want to make sure that they're featuring him enough in this offense. And don't forget about Daryl Williams still being in the mix. He's going 188. He's going as a running back 5. So that's where you have a little bit of reservation of bumping the first round guy. I think we've talked a lot about him being the so-called post-hype sleeper poster boy of uh, fantasy football. But again, Williams is still there. They also had a Jerick McKinnon who's going 261, 71st in running back. So there's some depth at running back. There might be more committee than you think with Andy Reid. We know the Andy Reid running backs have finished pretty well, but they've kind of changed their philosophy on that if they've opened up the passing game a little bit. Hyde Edwards-Hilaire, that said, is a first-round reality pick, and they want to get him more involved. And they upgraded their offensive line in the interior with Joe Thune and uh, try to focus there on that part of their offense here to balance it out. Uh, I think they get a little too pass-happy times with Andy Reid. I think it costs them a little bit in the Super Bowl. So there'll be a bit of a correction to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but keep in mind Williams and McKinnon are going to be worked into this mix. Patrick Mahomes in, in between Hill, Kelsey, Edwards-Hilaire, and Hardman and Williams is Patrick Mahomes. He's 28th. Overall, number one quarterback. I mean, there's no question about it. Some people could get cute and say Josh Allen or Kyler Murray. No. Mahomes has a chance to easily surpass 40 touchdowns here. It makes a lot of sense to bounce back into that realm. I think he's due for that. I mean, just the way touchdown regression and progression goes, he should be back at that level that we saw near the MVP season. So Mahomes, still the better choice here. He's going to run enough to pad his uh, massive passing stats and scores here with Hill and Kelsey and the rest. 
where Mahomes still clear-cut. And again, if you take him in the second round, I can't blame you. I think I'd rather take him in the third, early where he's going. But second round would also not be crazy, given how much Mahomes gives you there. Consistently is one of those guys. Again, a lot of winning teams, the way like Travis Kelsey is. That is a non-running back early. All right, Harrison Butker, he's your number two kicker on the board, 193. Right behind Justin Tucker, that makes a lot of sense. Reliable, big leg, big scoring offense. So, yeah, if you're still using kickers, Tucker and Butker are the guys to look at. The Chiefs' defense has good value as well. 214th, overall 10th among the defense special teams, too. So, still making a lot of plays. The Chiefs are there all across the field uh, playing off their offense. So, yeah, Chiefs, solid. I wouldn't play them against the Browns in Week 1. That's a tough offensive matchup, I think, overall for the Chiefs. But against lesser defenses, hey, look in the division, the Raiders and Broncos, all in on the Chiefs there. Byron Pringle, 327, 111th at wide receiver. And you also have uh, Demarcus Robinson, 328, 112 among receivers. So, seeing that a lot, again, I'm not going to bet much on the complimentary receivers. I think this is good for their offensive prospects. And it's pretty much goes through Hill, Kelsey, Clyde Edwards, Alaire. These guys are going to be the principals in the offense playing around Mahomes. And he's going to get the ball to a bunch of different guys to help them produce his overall numbers. All right. So there you have a look at all the teams in the AFC West, where their players are ranked, what we feel about their offenses in general. That concludes our look at the entire league. So we've gone through all 32 teams. Again, if you missed anything, you're trying to catch up, uh, binge listen all the way through this show, and you'll be good to go here with the latest information on all these uh, teams going into the season and your drafts here to help you dominate. We'll have a few more nuggets of advice here preseason-wise in our next two shows. So look forward to that. Uh, Some final thoughts here before we get into our final drafts and Labor Day and uh, the season beginning here for fantasy football and the NFL in 2021. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. This Rob up another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. I've been your host, Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. See you tomorrow with some more fantasy football advice. We'll go into regular season mode next week, so looking forward to that. But uh, a couple more nuggets I have to share with you here. So keep checking out. Keep checking out all the previous shows. Dominate your fantasy football drafts in redraft leagues.